You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So this morning, I want to continue. We've been talking about components of spiritual strength. And really, if we're going to take the land, if we're going to take um, the things that the enemy has, has taken away, stolen from us, we need to be strong. You cannot be weak in the day of battle. Are you getting me? Yes. You cannot be weak in the day of battle. You have to be strong. And for you to be strong, it's not just, um, it's not just strong willpower. No. Willpower is good, but it has its limits. It has its limits. So we started by looking at how spiritual strength is. And one of the, the first component we looked at, what was the first component we looked at? Weakness. So we looked at how weakness, your weakness, when managed properly, can become part of your strength. It's, it's a mystery to me how my weakness can become a strength. But only when you walk with God that you will experience these things we're talking about. So your weakness can become part of your strength. That's why you should not be discouraged when you find that you are weak in a particular area. Okay? Because we all have weaknesses. Is there anyone here that has no weakness? Anybody? If, if somebody just raises his hand, I will just kneel down for you to come and lay hands on me because I need what you have. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but we all have weaknesses. And sometimes we forget that we have weaknesses. Some time ago, the Lord led me to speak to a friend. <clears throat> and this friend is, uh, is, is like a perfectionist, you know? You know perfectionist? Is there any perfectionist here? <laughs> yeah, he's like a perfectionist. And uh, so, but I was saying, look, one of the things we need to realize, especially those of us who have worked with the Lord for years, for long, one of the things you have forgotten is the times that you were very weak in certain areas. So over time, I've been, I've been working with the Lord for, I don't know how long, I mean, from, from childhood really. Yes? So I've been able to develop some strengths over time. So I must not forget that there was a time that I was weak. But God has enabled me through his grace to conquer those weaknesses. And so when I see somebody that is weak, I need to be careful how I treat that person. I need to be careful not to be a Pharisee in the way I treat that person. Because I was once there. So if I've forgotten that I used to be weak, then there's something wrong with me. 
Okay? So when you see someone that is weak, just be careful how you behave to that person. Even if the person is wrong, that's why the Bible says when you want to correct that person, you need, there's a kind of attitude you need to do it with. It says you need, um, in, in, in Galatians chapter, chapter 6, <coughs> is it verse 1 or 2? It says, if there is a brother that is overtaken by fault, it says you that are spiritual, restore that person in the spirit of meekness. Amen? In the spirit of meekness, so that you yourselves don't get, um, you, don't, you don't get tempted. Yes, look at it there. Galatians 6.1, brethren, if any man is overtaken in any trespass, you know what a trespass is, right? When you cross the boundary. <laughs> yes, you've seen those signs they put trespassers will be prosecuted. <laughs> yeah. So if a brother trespasses, it says you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Thank you. You need to consider yourself. Even when you are correcting someone that is wrong. If you do it with the wrong attitude, you open yourself to temptation. That's what the Bible is saying. So even in your strength, be careful that your strength doesn't become weakness. The way you correct a brother or a sister will determine whether your strength becomes weakness. So that's why when you are strong, be careful. Be humble if you are strong. If you are weak, you better be even more humble. All right? So we talked about that, um, your weakness. What else did we talk about? Obedience. Obedience is part of spiritual strength. It's part of your, your, what it takes to make you strong. <clears throat> Knowing God makes you strong as well. Knowledge of God talked about humility being a component of spiritual strength. So, God is raising an army, a formidable army that cannot be defeated. I'm telling you. And these things are vital. They must be established in our lives. Okay? <clears throat> so, today I want us to look at another aspect of spiritual strength. And I've been thinking how best to call it, but let's, let's say unity. Unity is, is, is a component of spiritual strength. Because Jesus tells us that a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yes? In Luke chapter 11, St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, <clears throat> our Lord is speaking. When he was casting out demons, the, the Pharisees were saying that uh, he was casting out demons by Beelzebub, 
Then verse 17. The Bible says, But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought down to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. This is a vital spiritual principle. A house that is divided against itself will not be able to stand. It will be weakened. That's what it means. It will be weakened. So even as a people, we must be united. Do you understand? We must speak with one voice. We must have one mind. In other words, we think the same way. And we speak the same language. That is vital. One of the reasons why you cannot defeat God. Um, the Bible tells us, I mean, of course, there are many reasons. Number one, he's God. You can't, you can't defeat him. But if you study the Godhead, you find that one of, the, one of the things about the Godhead is their unity. He says to Israel, he says, Behold, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. The Lord your God is one. In the beginning, the Bible says, God made the heavens and the earth. And we know that that word God in Hebrew is Elohim. Elohim, which means it's speaking of plural majesty. Okay? Plural majesty. That means God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit together made the heavens. And the earth. But when it is, when, when the Bible is recording it, it says God. And we know there's only one God. There's one God. So their oneness is so powerful, you cannot penetrate it. You cannot break through. You cannot divide them. You cannot separate them. And that's the kind of power that we need to have. That's the kind of strength we need to have. So one of the strategies of the enemy is that when he wants to weaken you, he begins to bring so seeds that will divide. You will never find a family or a divorce without disunity. Do you agree? Yes. So, what happens is that he begins, he finds a way to begin to sow thoughts that will now divide. That will break the unity. So, once the unity is broken, he knows he's got you. He's got you. And that's why Satan fights to maintain the unity of his kingdom. One thing about demons is that they don't have love, but they have unity. They are full of hate and fear, but one thing that keeps them is their unity. They don't love each other, but they work together. Because God is love. They don't have love. But they are united against the church. They're united 
against God's children. They're united against the nations. They're united against God's purposes. They're united against God. And we need to learn from God. Now, the reason why the kingdom of God, one of the reasons why the kingdom of God can never be defeated is because you can never divide it. <laughs> you can never divide it. How, how, how do you divide God? There's no way. If you look at Genesis chapter 11, you see a principle there that even helps to buttress the point I'm making. Genesis 11 from verse 1. Genesis 11 verse, verse 1. This is uh, before uh, we have languages. The whole earth, there was just one language. Alright? It says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Okay? When you see one, that's unity. Am I correct? Yeah. Let's read on. It says, and it came to pass as they journeyed far from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shina, and they dwelt there. Okay? Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. Okay? Notice that they keep using us. 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 When the enemy wants to work against the church, he tries to change our language from us to me. Amen? So they said, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, not for myself. Nowadays, what do we see? Let me make a name for myself. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Okay? But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, <laughs> this is very interesting to me. The Lord said, indeed the people are one and they have one language. They are united. They are one just like us. Just like God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are one. So they are one and they have one language. They are speaking the same thing. Everybody is saying the same thing. I always say, oh, we're going to reach 10% of, we're going to reach every household in Midrash. 10%. You know, if, we are, if we are all saying the same language, do you know there is power in that? There is power in that. If we say we're going to we're going to shake this land. And if we're all saying the same thing, do you know there is power in that? But if somebody says, how, how is it possible? <laughs> then it begins to have an impact as well. And this is what they begin to do. This is God talking now. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Can you see? Even God cannot stop them. He says, this thing they purpose to do, they're going to achieve it. 
they are going to achieve it. God's plan was for them. I mean, God has nothing, there's nothing wrong with skyscrapers. Because sometimes, I remember years ago when I first read this, I thought that God was against skyscrapers. That they were building a building right to the heavens, and God didn't like that. No, that was not the problem. They did not want to scatter. God, remember, this was after the flood, after Noah. God's plan was for them to cover the face of the earth. But they didn't want that. They wanted to frustrate God's plan. So they're building this thing so that instead of building and spreading and spreading and spreading, no, they want to build up and up and up and up so that nobody goes away and the building is so tall that anybody, wherever he is, will see the tower and will come back. And apart from that, the, 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 the building was also dedicated to the heavens, to, the, to, to not the heavens of God. And God was going to stop that project. So what does God do? Look at it. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Somebody say disunity. That's division there. That's where the, the, the barriers of communication were introduced. God himself introduced those things. And like I've said before, that one of the strategies of the enemy is to learn from God. So he watches God, he sees what God does, and he sees, and he takes the same principle and he applies it. So he sees that God was able to stop this project by introducing different languages. Okay? Verse 7, okay. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they seized the build, uh, building the city. You see, by introducing new languages, the project had to stop. Because this person might say, uh, please, can you pass me the brick? And in the language he is hearing, he's insulting his mother. <laughs> then a fight begins. Yes. Yeah. And they could not continue. They had to stop. So that's how God stopped the project. So the enemy has learned that lesson from God. He has observed. He learns from the best. And God is the best. So now he sees that there is a people in Midran that are building. There's something building up. There's something brewing. Okay? There's something brewing. What do we do? How? We need to find a way to divide them. I'm telling you. It's a strategy. So we want to remain strong. One of the components of spiritual strength is unity. We must speak the same language. We must be united. When somebody begins to speak a different language, you now begin to look at them suspiciously. What are you trying... Are you trying to introduce another language? <laughs> we have to be careful. Even in your, in your home, Satan uses the same strategy. In your home, he uses the same strategy to weaken you as a unit, as a, as a family unit. In your body, Satan uses the same language. He wants to break your harmony with God. Amen? 
If you look at Acts chapter 1, you see, no, Acts chapter, chapter 2, sorry, Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, from verse 1, we see, we see there, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, on the day of P Pentecost, right? When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with what? Can you see that? One accord. And they were where? In one place. Huh? They were in one accord and in one place. And in interestingly, the word for one accord in the Greek is a musical word. Which speaks of harmony. It speaks of one language. It speaks of one passion. Are you getting me? It's like in music you have a symphony. I don't know if you've ever listened to a guitar that is out of tune. Or a musical instrument that is out of tune. It's irritating. It is irritating. So, in what, what happened here is that they were there, gathered together, praying, and then they got to a place in the Spirit where there was oneness. It was not an irritating sound. It was now a melodious sound to God's ears. Amen? It was now a melodious sound to God's ears. As they prayed, God was hearing. It was like music to his ears. Sometimes our prayers are an irritation. Especially when there's no unity. Now, if your prayer is ineffective, how many people know that that's weakness? <laughs> yes, it is weakness. That's why the Bible says, even in, 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 in 1 Peter chapter 3, husbands, deal with your wives according to knowledge, knowing that she's a weaker vessel, that your prayer is not hindered. Because there is, even in our relationship, there is a way it can affect our ability to reach God. Amazing. But it does happen. There are some breakthroughs we are crying about, but I'm telling you, if we can just be united, our prayers will be more effective. So that you don't see your brother as your enemy. You don't see your sister as your enemy. We're all in the same team. It's the same army. Come on. Yeah. Why? Your victory is my victory. My victory is your victory. Your breakthrough is my breakthrough. My breakthrough is your breakthrough. That's how it should be. We have a common enemy, correct? Yes. So they were all in one accord in one place. And then what happened? When they achieved that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came down. Then he says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You see, they, there was a level of unity that attracted the Holy Spirit. And the power was released. It's amazing. It's incredible. You can see that also in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, you see another, another uh, example of being in one accord. 
and how it releases spiritual strength, how it brings about divine intervention. In Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John were persecuted, yes, they were persecuted, they were commanded not to preach in the name of Jesus. And what happens? We see here that the Bible says, verse 23, now they had beaten Peter and John, forbade them from preaching in the name of Jesus. And now they come to their companions. It says, I'm being let go. They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Verse 24, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. Notice that this is not grammatical error. It says they raised their voice. Now he's talking they are a group. Am I correct? They are a group of people. It's Peter, John, and their companions. They come together. Why is the Bible using voice instead of voices? Because grammatically, we would want to say they raise their voices. Am I correct? But I believe that this was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Although there are many, it was one voice God heard. Hallelujah. They raised their voice and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. They prayed there. And God heard one voice. That speaks of unity. There is power in unity. There is strength. In unity. So part of your, your, I mean, your spiritual strength must have a component of unity. We are going to defeat. There are some battles that you cannot fight alone. As a matter of fact, if you read the Bible, you study the Bible properly, you find that a lot of times when it comes to warfare, it uses plural. Like in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, we wrestle not. It didn't say, I wrestle not. It says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's plural. Am I correct? In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, or is it 2 Corinthians 10, where it says, the weapons of our warfare, not my warfare. So, the Bible has made it very clear. One shall put to flight a thousand and two ten thousand. When you are not able to unite to fight, you have a battle to fight. Get a brother, get a sister, lock shields together. And then you are able to access power that is far beyond your imagination because you are doing it together. So, they lifted up their voice. But look at what happens for the sake of time. Look at um, verse 31. It says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was what? 
shaken. Can you imagine? They gather together. They are praying. They attain a level of unity. God hears just one voice. Although there are many voices, many voices, but they come together. It's such a symphony. It's like music to the ears of God. And he's hearing one voice. And what happened? The place began to shake. It began to shake. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They now got filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought these are people who got filled with the Holy Spirit in chapter 2. So you see that the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time experience. It's a continuous experience. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Can you see the strength came? They could now talk. You know why many preachers cannot be bold? They're preaching and they're apologizing all the time. You cannot take a stand. You know, the Bible says something is wrong. And you're saying, well, you know, uh, you're trying to make excuses. Why? There's no boldness. There's no boldness to stand on the authority of the word of God. To stand on the integrity of God's word. There's no boldness to stand for your convictions. There's no strength. There's no strength. Why? with the spirit one of the things you know when somebody is strong is that you cannot bend him especially when it comes to the truth they're not scared they're not trying to be politically correct political correctness has nothing to do with the kingdom of god amen so these guys were being punished because they were being politically incorrect and they forbade them from preaching in the name of Jesus. And these guys come together, they pray, the place shakes, and they're bold, and they go back. They begin to say the same thing again, the same message, that thing which you were saying. Jesus <laughs> is the Savior. You crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. You need to have faith, you need to believe in him. There's no salvation in any other name. Except the name of Jesus. And they kept preaching. And I'm telling you. Unity. It's a component of spiritual strength. It's a component of spiritual strength. In fact, if you begin to look at even, even your body. And don't you correct me if I'm wrong. But when, when your body is out of when your systems are not working together. Is that not sick? It's out of sync. And then what happens? Weakness sets in. The body is not functioning as it's designed to function. Because everything is supposed to work together in harmony. So when the enemy wants to destroy life, he begins to break the unity. It begins to break the unity in your system. Your brain is not communicating. Your brain is not communicating. When the brain is not communicating with the leg and it's not telling the leg to move when it's supposed to move, what happens? Person gets paralyzed. Things happen. You see? So, unity is important. 
Now that's in the physical. But I have news for you. It's also in the spiritual. It's also in the spiritual. So that's why you need to get into the Word. You need to ensure that your life is in harmony with God's Word. Or else you will be weakened. Amen? Do you appreciate unity? Yeah? We need to understand. Yeah. That's why as you go into, the, as you study the Word of God, when you see things in your life that are out of sync with the Word of God, you need to begin to deal with those things. You need to deal with those things. Uh, but if you don't know the Word of God, you won't know. You won't know, oh, this is not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. Because one of the things that Jesus taught his disciples to, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, he says, we pray and say, Our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? Now, is there a stroke in heaven? No. Then there shouldn't be a stroke in your body. Am I correct? So when you see something in your body that is not in heaven, you need to do something about it. Yeah, it's up to you to now begin to apply your faith. There are some things I'm beginning to see in the Word of God. I'm saying, Lord, Lord, this is, this is not supposed to be in my life like this. Things should be better than this. This should be happening in my life. So what do I do? I'm now beginning to take those scriptures and I want to now begin to compel my life to line up. Because I'm now uniting with the will of God. I'm uniting with the will of God. And because I'm uniting with the will of God, guess what? The power will be made available to correct whatever is out of sync. Amen? So for the sake of time, I think I'll stop there. And I want us to do some praying. I want us to pray. Things, whatever it is. I'm sure as, I'm, as, I'm as I've been talking, there are things that you observe in your life that need to be brought back in harmony with the Word of God. Maybe in your family. Maybe in your personal life. Maybe in the church. We want to be in harmony, in one accord. I don't know about you. I want us to be in one accord with heaven. Do you understand? In one accord with heaven. That's one of the keys to the success of Jesus. He was so much in sync with the Father. He says, I do nothing except that which I see my Father. That's the secret of his power. It's unity with the Father. And we need to be united with God, with one another. Hallelujah. With His Word. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.